Welcome to the Rehope Podcast. Before we dive into this week's message, we'd like to provide you with some helpful resources. If you'd like someone to pray for you, it would be our joy to connect with you. So please email us at prayer at rehope.co.uk. If you'd like to get connected with an online Bible read-through group from wherever you are in the world, you can email brt at rehope.co.uk and be a part of a small group of people reading through the Bible cover to cover each year. Finally, if you would like to support the work and ministry of Rehope financially, you can do so online at rehope.co.uk slash giving. We pray you find this message encouraging, enlightening, and helpful. Enjoy. Let me bless you. Let me bless you. Uh, let me start off by, we want God to help you. We want God to intervene. We want great things for you in your life. So I bless you now in the name of Jesus, that you would know Jesus more wonderfully today. I bless you to receive healing if you need healing in your body, in your mind, in your emotions, in your spirit today. I bless you to receive the guidance from God that you need today, the help from God immediately. I bless you to have the perseverance to flourish and prevail against whatever challenges you're facing right now in your life. And I bless you to feel hope. And I bless you to feel joy, and I bless you to feel love and peace, whatever's going on in your life, and that you would feel those things today. In Jesus' name, may it be, especially today, because it's Celebration Sunday. It's a, one of those three epic, grand celebrations of the year. This one we call Pentecost Sunday. It is the celebration of the birth of Jesus' church, the day we read about in Acts chapter 2, where a completely new era in the history of the world begins, where from that moment onwards, the Holy Spirit starts to fill up people, a certain people, a people who believe in Jesus and are baptized, he fills them up so that they become a new being, a new creation, a new creation being. We read about how people uh, were to receive the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. Paul is, or, no, not Paul. Paul is not preaching this yet. Peter, Peter is preaching, and he says in Acts chapter 2, repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit for the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord will call. We're not talking about uh, baptism necessarily today, but if you want to get baptized, that's a great idea. We want to help you get baptized. We can fill up this tank very often, uh, many times. Uh, speak to P Laura and people about getting baptized. If you are watching online, Road trip, baby. Road trip. Uh, come on out. Come on out. Just let us know you're coming and we can, we can get things ready for you. If, if you're not able to get out here because you're watching online, maybe, no promises, but maybe we can send someone to you. And, and we, big deal. We're very excited about this. If you're in Royston, I volunteer Scott to fill up the tank for you guys out there. All right. Uh, so today we are going to be talking about Pentecost and we're going to veer only slightly, we're going to veer a little bit um, from our Moses series because we, we're, we're going to stop and talk about Pentecost. It, it's a big, a big deal. Pentecost, it's like Easter big deal. And, and yet in my upbringing, we might have talked about it, but we didn't celebrate it. It wasn't one of our main celebrations. So it's become my, one of my passions, one of many passions of mine, to re-educate uh, our generation in how significant it is, how significant, important, and how celebration worthy it is to stop everything 
to blow up balloons and to celebrate uh, Pentecost. Many in our generation don't remember this, but hopefully if you've been around for a few years, you start to remember that Pentecost didn't start in Acts chapter 2, but Pentecost was a much older celebration that started at Mount Sinai with Moses. At, At Mount Sinai, God tells Moses, I have three exact celebration seasons I want you to celebrate. It ended up being seven days, three days making one celebration, and then one, and then three days making another celebration. Three times a year, God's like, I want you to celebrate. In fact, we read this in Exodus 23. Celebrate a festival in my honor three times a year. Observe the festival of unleavened bread, which we might call Passover. As I commanded you, you are to eat unleavened bread for seven days at the appointed time in the month of Abib. Because you came out of Egypt in that month. No one is to appear before me empty-handed. So that's not one. Secondly, also observe the festival of harvest. We would call it, we would say Pentecost, or they would say Feast of Weeks. It has a few different names here. We use the Greek word uh, Pentecost. Observe the festival of harvest with the first fruits of your produce from what you sow in the field. That's number two. And thirdly, observe the festival of ingathering. We might call it tabernacles or a feast of booths or, or something like that. At the end of the year, when you gather your produce from the field, three times a year, all your males are to appear before the Lord your God. Now, you can read more details about these feasts. There's a lot more details in Leviticus, as you would guess, and I'm sure you, oh yeah, oh yeah I, I read Leviticus now. So you, you know about that, Leviticus 23. Also, there's more in Deuteronomy chapter 16. These, these three God-picked festivals, feasts, are a big deal. They're, they're a really big deal. He talks about them several different times. I mean, just think about how many, how many people aren't even mentioned in three books of the Bible, but these feasts are highlighted over and over again. And each of these three feasts has three aspects to it. One, something connected to their salvation from Egypt and that journey out in the days of Moses. Secondly, something connected to an every year good thing for them. Usually it's a sacrifice or getting back right with God. And then thirdly, they don't know this uh, yet, but they will someday, that there's also something connected to Jesus in the future. And, and so each one of these God-picked moments, for instance, Passover, Passover. We might know this for Easter, you know, Passover time. We know that on the exact day that God picked out in the days of Moses, on that exact day, Jesus, the Passover lamb, was slain on a cross. On the exact same day. It's just, just God speaking about, like, I want you to set aside this day, we got some Old Testament reasons, and now we got a Jesus reason. It's a big deal. Pentecost, the same day, same way. In the, in the Old Testament, okay, we're going we're gonna to set aside this, this day in the Old, Old Testament, Feast of Weeks. It's going to be about someday on that exact same day, I'm going to pour out the Holy Spirit, and the church is going to be born on the exact same day. By the way, we like to talk about like, things that elevate our certainty that God is real, and that God is, and all of this stuff is true, this level of precise prophetic things are are one of those loud proclamations that God is genuinely real. He picked out exact 
days. He would name people in advance. Like those kind of prophetic things, whether it's 10 days beforehand or, or 1,000 years or in this case 1,500 years beforehand, when God picks out an exact day and then he fulfills it 1,500 years later, you're like, wow, God knows what he's doing. He's real. He, he, knows, he knows. And then, and then there's these autumn feasts as well, and we'll celebrate that in the autumn and that are about the return of Jesus. But today's Pentecost. Feast of Weeks, and we are going to talk about today this God-picked celebration. And since we're kind of in the Moses series, okay, we're not kind of in the, since we're in a Moses series, um, we're going to focus, first of all, on what were they celebrating from the days of Moses until Jesus? What was the focus on this? And it's got four bits to it. Pentecost, number one, from Moses to Jesus, there was a command for God's people to stop And gather before God together. To gather together before God. Again, we we read this. You know, three times a year, you know, all all the males are to appear before God. Um, What about the females? Can the females, yes, the females would come, and that's fine. There's females at the feast. Okay, don't worry, guys. Don't worry. Uh, Yes, sometimes you have to command the men to do what the, you know, anyways. uh, So three times a year, the men were required. The women would definitely go. Okay, so that's number one. Uh, gather together. N- number two, number two, there was a, this was a celebration of the big harvest. Each of these celebrations had a harvest element to it, but the wheat harvest, this harvest, Pentecost harvest, was the big one of the year. That's the big harvest, the big harvest, okay? So they would have that. And then thirdly, this was a celebration with three specific offerings connected to getting every community reconnected to God. Wait, wait, what did I say there? This was a celebration with three special offerings connected to every community restored to a good relationship with God. So you had each community, not every person, every community would send two loaves of bread. And that would be part of the community saying, we're here to to, um, maybe get back right with God. Uh, there was a sacrifice. Now, this wasn't the big sacrifice of the year. That would be at the Day of Atonement. But there was a, okay, we need to, we need to have a sin offering going on for, our, for every community, for our nation here. And then we also need to have a fellowship offering, a, hey, reconnection with God offering. So you have these three different kinds of offerings that they're trying to do something here. Okay, so we'll talk more about that in a moment. But every one of these three God-picked celebrations, they have, they have aspects of their worship in, in those three for every generation. But then they have something connected to Moses' generation. Now, um, Passover, that was the exodus from Egypt, right? Where you have the Passover lamb that was slain and the blood on the door and so that the angel of death passed over. They remember that, the exodus of Egypt for that event. Then there's, there's, Passover, there's Pentecost, which I'll talk about. And then there's the autumn one, which is festival of booths where they lived in temporary dwellings to remind themselves of the, the years where they, weren't, where they were out of Egypt but not in their permanent home. So they had these temporary dwelling celebration. The one in the middle is Mount Sinai. And specifically connected to the receiving of the word of God at Mount Sinai, receiving the Ten Commandments. Now, they believe and they had, all, they had believed from the days of Moses, as far back as we can track until the days of Jesus, that Moses literally received the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai on Pentecost, on this day. They, they, that's what they, they believed. Is it true or not? Well, I wasn't there. But uh, is it in the Bible? 
No, it's not mentioned in the Bible, but they, are, they believe that that's what happened there. And if you're following the timeline, it could have been. That's, he was up there on, the, on that day. He was up on the mountain, so it could be. But anyways, whether it's true or not on that day, the Jewish people were always celebrating the written word of God, receiving the written word of God. So number four, this was a celebration of receiving the written word of God. So why we did Bible week this week. So why we read the Bible out loud, cover to cover, Monday to Friday. Anybody read it? Anybody come out and do that? That's fun. Fun, huh? Fun. Now, did I get any sympathy points? Oh, man, I had to stand here and talk for a whole hour. I'm not going to talk for a whole hour. Anyways, uh, good. Uh, good. Thank you for doing that. It's a big deal to be a part of, but we do that because Pentecost is a celebration of the, the written word of God. Okay, so those are the things from Moses to Jesus that, that, that are being celebrated. A time where a hand-picked day by God where everyone gathers at God's house where they celebrate the big harvest, where they get back right with God as, as a community, and they celebrate having received the written word of God. So that's the context when we get to Acts chapter 2. And the morning of Acts chapter 2, that's what they're here to do. That's, that's what's going on. They're in the process of this in Acts chapter 2. And what we are going to discover as we read Acts chapter 2 is that all of those things... We're setting us up for what God wanting to do on, on what we now call Pentecost Sunday, starting in Acts chapter 2. That God had a bigger purpose when it came to the Holy Spirit. We discover that, that Moses set up an exact day that when it came to Jesus, he was going to do something even better. So yes, they received the written word of God, the law uh, at Mount Sinai on Pentecost. Even better than that. Uh, they're going to receive the Holy Spirit someday in the day of Jesus, in Jesus' day. Very exciting. And now I'm not dissing the Bible. I'm a big fan of the Bible. But, uh, but uh, I'm just bigging up the Holy Spirit and how significant that is that we receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, so with that in mind, let's, let's look at Acts chapter 2 quickly and see what happens. Acts chapter 2, it says this. When the, when the day of Pentecost had arrived, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like that of a violent rushing wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were staying. They saw tongues like flames of fire that separated and rested on each one of them. Then they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in different tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were Jews staying in Jerusalem, devout people from every nation under heaven. When this sound occurred, a crowd came together and was confused. Because each one heard them speaking in his own language. They were astounded and amazed, saying, Look, aren't all those who are speaking Galileans? How is it that each of us can hear them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, those who live in Mesopotamia, in Judah, Judea, in Cappadocia, in Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the magnificent acts of God in our own tongues. Since I know your geography struggles, I got a map for you. Okay, so the, these places are where the people are coming from. I mean, look how far over 
Parthia is, the, way, way up, way far away. Uh, Arabia, it just keeps going down. Elam, that's like Persia. We think of Persia, uh, Media, and Mesopotamia. I mean, you got, wow, you, you've got all of these places from all, like, the people are coming from everywhere, gathering from, from all over the world. It's amazing. Just a side comment. It's not too much of a side comment. Sometimes we, we look at maybe God's commands to us. Or, or maybe you feel like God's saying something to you and, and it, it, it doesn't maybe make sense why that's so important. Maybe there's, maybe there's things in the Bible you're like, is that really that important? Is what God's saying to me right now really that important? Well, in, the, in these people case, case, maybe it's like, do we really need to go from our community all over the world, or, or to Jerusalem on this day. Like, is that really that important? It seems a little extreme. But they're going to find out that it is a big deal someday. And, and they're going to find out that, that God has, was setting them up uh, an amazing opportunity for hope, for forgiveness, and restoration. Because there is going to be a day coming where they, they were going to murder Jesus, the Messiah, the, the Son of God. And, and God was wanting to bring people, representatives from every community, every Jewish community, to gather together to, be, to get things right, to have some sacrifices to, uh, of sin, to have some, to have some um, fellowship offerings, reconnection with God offerings. To have represented from every community, representing, you know, here's some, every community having a time to gather together and be like, we were wrong. And maybe, maybe the people were like, you know, the main sacrifice at the end of the year, what's such a big deal about Pentecost? They, they, they don't even know what's a big deal until the day comes. And I, and I just am reminded, like, sometimes, sometimes we can think like, okay, God says no to this, but it's not that big of a deal, so I'm not really going to worry about it. Or God's saying, do this, and I don't know. It just doesn't seem, I don't know why. It, it doesn't, because I don't really know why, maybe I won't, I won't really worry about it too much. But God's not pithy. He's not pithy with his directions. He's not pithy with his commands. He, he, he knows what he's doing. And a lot of times he's setting us up for something that's really important. In, in the case of these people, that they would be there, those, those representatives of the people who had murdered the Messiah, and would be there for a moment of grace, for a moment of new beginning, for a moment of receiving the Holy Spirit and the new start with God. That's quite a big deal, even though they didn't maybe value it until this moment. I don't know, just a, just a thought. Uh, back to the Bible. All right, so verse 12. So uh, they were all astounded, said verse 12, the people who were listening to this. They were all astounded and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But some sneered and said, they are, they're drunk on new wine. P Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and proclaimed to them, fellow Jews and all you residents of Jerusalem, let me explain this to you and pay attention to my words, for these people are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only nine in the morning. Full stop. Filter, filter, filter. 
this is a very big deal that, that we know that the time is nine in the morning. What has just happened? They have just made the sacrifices. The sacrifices in the temple are at nine and three. They have just made the, their, their Pentecost, the sin sacrifice. The getting back right with God sacrifice. The, the, the fellowship sacrifice. They've just brought their bread from the community. They've just had that temple time where they have been like, okay, we don't, maybe we don't know why we're doing this, but, but we, our sin, here's our sin sacrifice for our community. Here's our, here's our reconnect with God sacrifice for our community. It wasn't until after that that the Holy Spirit shows up with this new era of grace. I, I just love it. it. Immediately, about nine in the morning, the, the Spirit shows up. I, I, just, I just see the goodness of God in, in, in this setup. Why do you need to bring these exact sacrifices? I don't know if you've read Leviticus or Exodus recently. Um, if you have, you, you see, man, there's some things that are very precise. This exact sacrifice for this reason um, the one-year-old something, not a three-year-old, you know, like exactly, exactly, sacrifice, a very picky, and yet you find out that there's purpose, that there's a reason, because the day is going to come when they're going to be needed to be forgiven of these evil events so that they can start off right with God again, have a new beginning. So the sacrifices are made, and Peter starts preaching. Now, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to read all of it, but you can read uh, it in Acts chapter 2. I'm going to do a Selected view here, starting in verse 22. Peter's preaching along. Fellow Israelites, listen to these words. This Jesus of Nazareth was a man attested to you by God with miracles, wonders, and signs God did among you through him, just as you yourselves know. Though he was delivered up according to God's determined plan and foreknowledge, you used lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. So who's the audience? Well, it says, you who are listening at this on Acts chapter 2, you used lawless people to nail him to a cross and kill him. God raised him up, ending the pains of death because it was not possible for him to be held by death. Skipping down to verse 32. God has raised this Jesus. We are all witnesses of this. Therefore... Since he has been exalted to the right hand of God and has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit, he has poured out what you both see and hear. Skipping down to verse 36. Therefore, let all of the house of Israel know with certainty that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. When they heard this, they were pierced to the heart. And said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, each of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he testified and strongly urged them, saying, Be saved from this corrupt generation. The good news is, starting on this Pentecost Sunday, the way 
for forgiveness and salvation. The doors are flown wide open, wide open to everyone. Even, in this case, Peter's preaching right to those who called for the execution of Jesus. You who handed Jesus over, like the people right there in Jerusalem 50 days later. And he is saying, basically, that you can be saved. And if those who had called for the murder of Jesus, the Holy One, to be slain, if, if he could say that they have hope and then they can be forgiven of everything, how much more? You. How much more you? The, the message of Pentecost Sunday is no matter how much you've messed up in your life or how much you've been messed up, there's hope for you. There's forgiveness for you. There's grace for you. You can be forgiven of everything. And saved, become a new creation being as God's Holy Spirit fills you and transforms you. How? How do you get that Holy Spirit to, to fill you and transform you? Well, Peter said, repent and be baptized. And then he says, what happens? You will be forgiven and filled with the Holy Spirit. That was true for them and for every generation of people who believe in Jesus. Then there's a picture here on the board. So that is a mikvah, a baptism tank. It is about 10 meters from the, the steps to the temple. Okay, so that's facing that way. So facing this direction towards the words, about 10 meters ahead, the steps start going up to the temple. They have discovered a bunch of these in a row, like in a big row along facing the, it's, the water was more clean back then. Or maybe not, I don't know. Uh, and so what they would do is they'd walk down on the top bit, they would go under the water, and then they would come out on the, on the bottom bit. But obviously the temple was designed for lots of people being baptized, right? For purity, for lots of different ritual reasons. So, and I just, I just show that picture of, uh, because um, sometimes I've heard teaching like, oh, you got 3,000 people who are saved and baptized, like as the verse says there, so those who accepted his message were baptized, and that day about 3,000 people were added to them. Yeah, there's a bunch of baptism tanks there. Yeah, they're, they're not like, hey, where's they're going to get water for all these people? Look, there, uh, and, and all the tanks, right? And so you can just imagine, like, on this day, like, thousands of people, 3,000 people in, lined up in all, all these tanks just going down and getting baptized in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of their sins and starting this new life with Jesus filled with the Holy Spirit. I, I love that. Now, I said, I said that before, from Moses to Jesus, they were celebrating on Pentecost uh, the receiving of the Ten Commandments, the receiving of the law. And what they were remembering on that day is, yes, Moses is up on the mountain. He receives the Ten Commandments. And what happens? He hears a sound in the camp. And Joshua's like, I hear a sound in the camp. And it sounds like, like a battle. And he's like, it doesn't sound like a battle. So they go down. And they're, they're, he sees that people are going wild. And they're worshiping this golden cow. He smashes the, the, the tablets of stone he gets the Levites to strap on their swords and go through the camp to stop it, whatever it takes. And, we, and people are remembering the, at the receiving of the law, the receiving of the Ten Commandments, 3,000 people were slain on that day. But on Pentecost Sunday, 
On the, we, in great contrast, the day that people received the Holy Spirit, we get to read that 3,000 people were baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the Holy Spirit, given new life and grace to, be, to begin again. The, 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 the sin of worshiping the golden cow was nothing compared to murdering the Savior of the world. And yet, how glorious is the forgiveness that we have in the New Testament? Because Jesus, uh, although crucified, God raised him from the dead, and he poured out his Holy Spirit in, in love and grace all who believe. So, that's why we're going to celebrate today. That, that's, why, that's why we're going to have a, a, free, a free feast here with, with one another and with God. It's why we want you to stay and, and celebrate with us. It's the birthday of Jesus' church. It is the launch day of the great harvest of God. The great harvest of God. For anyone who will believe and be baptized and forgiven and saved, receiving the Holy Spirit. It's the day that God set apart in the days of Moses to be celebrated. And now we know why. It's the day of the church. It's the day the Holy Spirit is given. One of the three most celebration-worthy days in, in our whole calendar. That's what we're doing. And there will be balloons. Challenge for today is this. Uh, stay and eat with us. Oh, my goodness. Yes, sometimes I make the challenges really difficult. If you're not here, if you're not in the room, uh, celebrate wherever you are. And we, we bless you to have a great celebration time. But it's Pentecost. That's, that's where we're going from here. Let me, let me pray for us and, and pray for us at this celebration. Jesus, thank you for pouring out, for appealing to the Father and, and, and sending the Holy Spirit, our comforter, our guide. The, the one who seals and guarantees our salvation. The one who transforms us to be more like Jesus and growing in us the fruit of the Spirit's presence, such as love, joy, and peace, and pre uh, patience, and all, and all that goodness. Uh, God, we, just, we praise you for all of that, for who gifts us, who reveals mysteries, who helps us understand the truth and understand your word and remember things. Call, I thank you for all the things that the Spirit does for us, but more importantly, that, that he has connected us to you in, in an extraordinary supernatural way as we having the very Spirit of God in us are connected then in a, in a unique way to, to you. Yeah. God, I just pray for uh, joy over all of us. I pray for this great celebration. We are so thankful that this was always your plan to, to, to send, pour out your Holy Spirit on all who believe. Now bless us and bless this celebration in Jesus' name. Amen.